It's the Face of Chicago Business Podcast, introducing you to the stories behind the faces, focused on fixing today's problems with thoughtful leadership and purposeful living. Sit down with us as we get to know the individuals who make our city second to none. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is the Face of Chicago Business Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Jennifer Crowley. Jennifer, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you for having me, Tony. It's great to be here. No, I'm very excited to share your story and get to know you. Fantastic. Yeah. And I'm ready to talk about myself and everything else that's going on. It's amazing things. Good, good, good. Um, now, first thing when we started talking, you were like, I'm a Southside girl. I am a Southside girl, <laughs> and I'm proud to be a Southside girl. Yeah. Now, even though you're living on the Northside now, right? I do. I do. I My father was a Northsider. My, oh, okay. My mom was a Southsider. Wow. So both parents from Chicago. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, amazing. But uh, grew up on the Southside and... Uh, lived kind of that south side lifestyle i tell it like it is <laughs> and uh you know in business situations i can kind of put it all down and smooth it back but i am tr- all south sider on the inside that's awesome mm-hmm. now like you know for people listening who aren't from chicago right there's a big divide between north and south side right huge <laughs> in every way right culturally i mean teams, sports teams yeah. and everything else yeah absolutely uh north siders were thought of when I was growing up as a little snobbier and the Southsiders were a little more loose and the ones that would have barroom brawls and be crazy (laughs) on the weekends. A little more blue collar, right? Absolutely. Steel mills. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what did your parents do um, for a living growing up? My mother was a beautician and then she was an educator and uh, my father was a mechanic. So very kind of blue collar. That's exactly how I grew up. Now, I mean, I I know that uh, in terms of your degree and kind of like the steps towards a profession, right? Um, you, you were a microbiologist, right? I was. Or, I graduated with a degree in microbiology from U of I wow. in Champaign. That seems like such a contrast. Well, I mean, maybe your mom, educator, right? But where did that come from? Or what was it like uh, being you in, in, you know, on the south side of Chicago? When I was younger? Yeah, when you were younger, growing up. Uh, being me on the south side of Chicago when I was growing up and younger is very different than the person that I am now. Yeah. But uh, when I was younger... Um, was pretty normal. I feel like I had a, you know, the normal kind of upbringing. Um, I did, uh, I went to high school. I excelled in high school. I was a cheerleader. You know, I drove around with my friends on the weekends Mm -hmm. and did those types of things. Do you have Uh, brothers or sisters? No. No, I am an only child. Okay. I am an only child and and the bond that I have with my parents is pretty amazing and pretty spectacular. Oh, that's awesome. I'd love to hear that. Um, Now, one of the things that you had mentioned in terms of, and we'll get to the direction your life has taken you, sure. but um, you struggled with some things uh, growing up, right? I did. When when I was significantly younger, um, I I had anxiety, yeah. and um, I was very awkward in social situations, and it was something that I hid incredibly well. And something happened the first day that I went to high school, and I just made a decision that things needed to be different. I hmm. made the decision that I needed to be happy. It was this great high school and there were all these different people and it seemed like there were enough groups for everyone to fit in. And I just said, forget it. I don't want to live my life the way that I did before to be afraid. And I didn't really make friends too well when I was younger. Mm. It was just, I was super shy and uh, I just decided it was going to be different. Interesting. Do you feel like uh, your parents kind of have some similar personalities? My mother yeah. is an extrovert. Oh, okay. My father is an introvert. Okay. So it's kind of interesting. So I, 
people who didn't know me that well when I was growing up, I had the ability to mask the fact that mm. I was so shy. Sure. And I think I, you know, I took cues from my mother and cues from my father and I was able to hide it. So they had mm. no idea. But no, my mother is very out there and very gregarious. And my <laughs> father, very calm, very analytical. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, how did the anxiety manifest? Obviously, people use the word anxiety so loosely, I think, you know, mm -hmm. to have anxiety, but it can be really debil debilitating. It can be. It, it can be. Uh, there were times when I would walk into school or I would walk into even a family gathering and this feeling would come over me and I would immediately go to the bathroom. It was like my default. Hmm. And I had to take a deep breath and kind of breathe my way through it. That was one of the ways. Uh, another way, if I was called on in class or if I ever had to get up in front of a group of people and give a speech or give an answer, anything like that, and it's happening a little bit right now. Really? Admittedly, just a little bit. Wow. Um, my heart would pound so hard and so fast that I would hear it in my ears and I couldn't even think straight and I would get I would get hot like blistering hot bright red and it would paralyze me wow I mean it's it's funny for you to say that not, not funny like in a way that it's laughable but mm -hmm. I truly identify with it for as much as I do this and as much as you know I, I've been in those situations where I'm in front of a lot of people or in front of a camera getting called on in class or in like a networking situation mm -hmm. even though you know it's about you and it's an answer that you know it still gives me so much anxiety like that same kind of feeling where my heart's racing and i still don't understand it's hard to why believe. yeah oh yeah you Very seem much incredibly so. comfortable i mean i guess it's more like you know it's 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 out of necessity right where you know, if you want to build relationships i mean you want to, you know, certain things in your life uh, or you have to be vulnerable. You have to put it out there. You do. You have to put yourself out there for the world to see. You really, really do. So when you made that decision, and it was like freshman year in high school? It was freshman year of high like school. Like first day? It was the very first day of high school. It truly was. I just, I had been bullied in seventh and eighth grade. There was this group of mean girls that would push me down, push my books I like out of my hands, onto the floor. It was just a bad situation. And I said, I'm not going to be that person anymore. Yeah, yeah. Some of those girls ended up being some of my friends, the ones with good hearts mm. that were savable. Sure, sure, sure. But I made, I made that decision. I said, my life is not going to be like this. Good I have the you. power to make it different. Good for you. And th did anyone influence that or was that just on your own? It was on my own. It was, it was literally, it, it, my life was not going to be that way anymore. And I made the decision. Good for you. It was, it was amazing. I still remember it. Mm -hmm. So now, so you graduate high school, you go to college. What was, how, how much different was college then at that point uh, after four years of, you know, reinventing yourself? College was fantastic. Um, I was already open to meeting as many people as possible, experiencing anything and everything that I possibly could. I bartended my way through college, which, no you know, I always <laughs> joke that that was probably the most useful part of my degree. Yeah. I, I had an amazing college experience because, again, I was open. I wanted to experience things. I wanted, I was part of the um, University of Illinois marching band as an alignette. I, I just, I took it all in. I just, I felt like the world was my oyster at that point. Oh, it's, and I'm assuming that wouldn't have been possible had you not made that choice freshman year. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I couldn't even imagine what what that struggle through high school would have been like and yeah. then the decisions that I would have made. I went to U of I because I wanted the big school experience because I was ready for it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Good for you. That's an, I mean, an incredible story in and of itself there, but Thank obviously you. it doesn't end there. No. <laughs> 
So, so four years at U of I mm -hmm. and microbiology. Yes. Why microbiology? I have an incredibly analytical mind and the sciences really got me. It was mm. something that I always found to be thrilling, exciting. It was just the, th it was the thing that captured my imagination at that point. But that being mm. said, I, I did want and I did consider changing my major in college to English literature because <laughs> I thought that 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 was where it was at. There were uh, Dostoevsky. There were all these these mm -hmm. great books that I was reading mm -hmm. and things that I was experiencing. And my parents, they kind of said, I don't know if that English lit thing will ever serve you in life. So why don't you just stick with microbiology? And, and that's that's where I stuck. OK, now you graduate. And you go into the workforce, I'm assuming. I didn't really go into the workforce. Oh, no, no. Uh, there was a, a great nightclub in the city of <laughs> Chicago. I was 21 years old. I had just come back from college, and I was living with my parents. And I said, you know, I, I've been bartending since I was 19. I might as well go and see if they need anyone. So I walked in the door and um, asked if they needed anyone. They hired me on the spot. I started that night. It wasn't crowbar, was it? It wasn't. It was drink, though. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I don't even know if I should say that, not say that. There are amazing people that are still oh. very well, close friends of mine. Well, then you definitely should. Yes, yeah, yes. of course you should. No, that, that was an amazing period of my life. Yeah. yeah. So so that was that was your workforce, though? Is that was my work. So it's funny, timing. but I, to me, that wasn't my workforce. No, of course, of course. That was a way because to make I wasn't money. Using, I wasn't using you, my degree. Exactly. So at what point, did, did you ever use a degree? I mean, specifically for my, I mean, I, I know what came next, or at least what came before where you're at now? So I actually went into a medical technology program okay. right out of college that ultimately served me down the road in a backwards sort of way that maybe we'll get to, and maybe someone who wants to read my book might <laughs> get to. Uh, but um, no, I never did anything except for that. I did, okay. I did a, a medical technology program at the Heinz VA Hospital. Nice. It was fantastic. Uh, Amazing people there, by the way. Uh, Ama that was it. Yeah. That was it. The the people were absolutely fantastic. Um, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> but no, after that, I was bartending. I um, I was making more money than my father yeah. at the age of twenty one. Wow! And um, we threw a great party every single weekend, and everyone got to come, and we got to host this party, and then we got paid for it yeah, at the end right? of the night. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, so then, the last job that you had most recently was in. <laughs> Uh, perfumes, right? Or, or no, the wine or, business. Oh, I'm sorry, wine. wine. Mm -hmm. I totally screwed that up. So the last, <laughs> okay, so the last profession you had was in the wine business. That's correct. So tell me about that. So um, I was probably 26 or 27 years old, and still um, I was uh, managing the nightclubs, and I had also been a restaurant manager at nine nine restaurant group and uh, are you familiar <laughs> well, you're just kind of all over you know did everything there's a lot of you know what that i'm lucky i'm blessed no, yeah, yeah. i've done a lot of different things so well, i think um, it's definitely i mean just knowing the little i know of you now it seems like all those experiences prepared you in a way that you couldn't have gotten through any other 100 percent. every single thing that i did was a stepping stone to get me to where i am right now absolutely so 26 27 years old and um the the nightlife and and all of that, I was done with it. It wears on you. I, it just wore on me, and I decided, you know, I want a nine to five e job because mm -hmm. I'd been doing something different for so long, which had allowed me to take care of my grandmother in my twenties, oh, which was wonderful. That's amazing. That's, I'm so blessed to have had the time that I had with her, but 
it was just time to do something else. Mm -hmm. So um, I grabbed a wine bag. I dragged a bag, as they like to say, mm -hmm. and I became a wine salesperson. And I was off to the races after that. I was very fortunate to have found um, a great little uh, fine wine company, family-owned and operated company. And I very quickly kind of became part of the inner circle. And uh, it led me to a fantastic career. But it also led me to the point where I was completely overwhelmed. I had, um, I had a marriage that, that was problematic. I had a son at that point who was one years old who mm -hmm. didn't sleep through the night and you know all the things that come with having mm -hmm, a family. Mm -hmm. And uh, I hit the wall. It's, uh, it was a fantastic ride until it, it, it got to be a little much. Yeah. And in terms of a little much, just do you want to share a little bit about that? I mean, because I know it was a big, it's an important part of your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm not certain exactly what you're asking, but I'll just kind of go and you tell me if that's it, where well, I guess, you're going. I guess where, where I'm looking at it is, is, you know, where you're at today in the book mm -hmm. and, and, and kind of how you, well, I mean, really how you want to help others and, and other women, sure. right? I feel like just from our conversations mm -hmm. that it really stems from that part of your life. It did. Okay. It did. Thank you for, thank you for that. Cue, <laughs> um, it did. Um, I, you know, the, the business was fantastic and there was a great group of people and I was allowed to mentor a lot of men and women. Mm -hmm. um, I found that I was happiest when I was having kind of closed door conversations where people would come into my room, close the door, let down their hair cry, tell me about the horrible things that were happening. And I would coach them. I had no idea, but mm -hmm. I was coaching them at that point in time and really giving them advice about how to move forward. And that's what I loved. And that was my heart. Um, unfortunately, uh, the company that I worked for did get sold to a much larger company mm -hmm. and there were more corporate rules that mm -hmm. came into play. And my ability to have that time with people and impact their lives in my work situation was, was really kind of going away. Mm -hmm. People were unhappy and I decided, you know what, I need to find the way to help people every single day, if at all possible, and help them change their lives. I have the ability to do it. I recognize that in myself. I have, I have this thing where people are super comfortable with me, and within probably you know a good 20-minute conversation, <laughs> they're telling me things that they don't usually tell a lot of people. Sure. And I love that sure. because I, I feel like that is part of my gift. Mm. Well, so, I, I, I mean, I feel that way, <laughs> so absolutely. But, and and you know, how long did you spend, I guess, in that because it was really only one company then, from what it I'm hearing. It was. It was. So um, family-owned and operated company when I started mm -hmm. with it. It was a, a little teeny tiny $8 million <laughs> <laughs> wow, fine wine good. distributorship. Okay. Um, and I was there uh, for just under 20 years. In the meantime, the company sold to a, the uh -huh, larger uh -huh. organization. When I left, just the company that had been mine was a $55 million <sighs> company. And that didn't even count. Wow. It didn't even tie in with everything else they were doing long, nationally and internationally. How long um, did you spend with the company once it was acquired? The new company? Yeah. It was just under six years. Oh, okay. So they wanted me time. to stay on. Yeah, they yeah, did. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of people that went. There were a lot of other people that they didn't want to stay mm -hmm. on. But... I had great relationships that I had built over the years yeah. and whether they were with our suppliers or with the employees. And I felt like I continued to be the heart of the company as long as I could sure. until it was time for me to take care of myself and sure. my son at that point. And how long ago was that, that 
you left the, the company? So I left the company in uh, July of 2018. Okay. Wow. So you've been doing this a couple of years now. Yeah, I have. Good for you. I have. Now, would you say that you're uh, an empath? I am absolutely an empath. Yeah. I am, and it's so funny that you even asked that. Um, one of the things that I mention in my book, because I do talk a little bit about it, is that I have the ability to pick up on people's emotions, sure. like velvet picks up dog hair. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I yes. Take you have a dog. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. I have a rescue, so. There you go. Okay. Now, I mean, I, I, I get it. And the reason that I feel that I've evolved or I'm even doing what I do is for the same reason that mm -hmm. in business, I do believe that people want to have those conversations, those deeper conversations. And, you know, oftentimes, not oftentimes, I think the common thing is that you don't get that, right? That everything seems so transactional. You're not allowed to be yourself either. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I think is important to kind of notice in those types of situations is you can't be yourself. Yeah. So you show up in what I call the suit of armor, yeah. where basically whatever you know, you're supposed to be, if you're supposed to be the boss and you're supposed to be hard-lined, then you wake up in the morning, you kind of put that suit on, and you go to work, and you, you are that person regardless of who you are on the inside. Sure. And then you come home, and then you crash because you've been supporting you know, this other persona for so long. For sure. So, I mean, obviously you're enjoying these conversations. You're making great relationships. I mean, mm -hmm. it's easy to you. Where was that deciding factor? So... Yeah, obviously you make choices and you act and I'm just like you did back in high school. Mm -hmm. So what was that what, what when was that choice made or when the decision made for you to pursue something outside of this career that you've given 20 years of your life to? When did it happen? Yeah, like, like when did you when make that choice? When when did you start having the idea to to evolve beyond selling wine? I, you know, I was kind of stuck there for a little while because it was much easier to um, be around people that I had known. I comfortable. I was yeah. paid. You know, I was paid well, and it was a good situation. But you know, there were a few years as my son started getting a little older that I really felt torn, and I really felt like I needed to make that leap, but. It's very easy to stay stuck, yeah. but it just it, it just got to the point, and I can't point to one thing that said this was it. Mm -hmm. I did, however, say on the day I think that I walked into my boss's office in my own office, something had happened with the business, and I just said out loud, "It's not supposed to be this hard," and that was it. Hmm. Like I said it, and then that was it. I was like, "Today's the day." Got up, walked into his office, and I said, "That's it. No I need way. to go." So no plan, nothing. I had no plan. Wow. I had I had no plan. My only plan for me was I need to find a way to help people in a significant way and I need to spend more time with my son. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to do this. Good I'm going you. to be one of those success stories of people saying, This isn't for me and yeah. I'm going to kind of I'm gonna forge my own path. And that was my decision. Was there anything that you were reading, listening to, anyone that was kind of whispering in your ear, anything? No. Really? No. That intuition? It, it, it was it was the understanding that I had something to offer other people and that I could help other people and help myself at the same time. And, and, and what was that for you? Where did you see yourself helping others? I had no idea. Really? I, like at I all? Really, I, I know you're looking at me and you're like, <laughs> there you've got... I, I really didn't know. Yeah. And I... So I took three months off. I said, I'm going to take three months and do absolutely nothing. I read 
the Crazy Rich Asians trilogy. I spent time with my son. No, I like I took him to take his first football cleats, drove him to football practice. I said, I'm going to just clear my mind because I'm going to need to figure this out. Yeah. Then I started reading, you know, best careers for people who are uh, career changers over 40, best careers for people if you want to help people. You know, I started reading those things and I started taking tests and, and doing those types of things. And uh, the idea of possibly becoming a social worker kind mm. of entered into my mind. Sure. Um, there's an interesting story about the fact that I asked the universe if this was the correct thing for me to do next, and I was rear-ended, like, within well, a day. And I, and I felt like that was the universe telling me, no, yeah. no, absolutely not. And I actually talk about that in, in the book that I'm writing because I think it's important that we pay attention to the things that we're being told and yeah. shown. I think yeah. it's, it's kind of the way for things to be pointed out to us. 100%. So at this time, I mean, you mentioned um, you know, the marriage and everything else. So at, that, at the point that you did make that decision, were you already divorced? To, made the decision to leave? To leave the company, I'm I was. Sorry. Okay. I was. I was divorced at 41. Okay. I decided to leave my company and figure out what I wanted to do when I grew up when I was 45. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now after those three months and, you know, tell me what, where was that inspiration? Where was the idea? What happened that, that brought you to where you're at today? What was that, that pivot? <sighs> The, the or the transformation. The transformation. Again, I'm trying to, to see if I could point to a specific thing. Um, I am a business consultant. And mm -hmm. so I have, you know, I use the knowledge that I gained over the past 20 years. And I'm trying to help people be great leaders and build great organizations with inclusive cultures. And that was good because I was helping people, but I wasn't capital H helping people. Mm. So I thought I can continue to do this, but I think I'm going to take a, a life uh, coach certification course just to see, mm -hmm. just to see. And I will tell you within weeks, it was within weeks. I was like, this is it. Like big mm. hands over my head. This is finally <laughs> it. It was amazing. And one of the things that I've said about it is that it was like someone lit a fire, not under me, but inside of me. Sure, sure, just, sure. Words were pouring out of me. I was writing a website. I was connecting with these amazing people, primarily women, who had had similar experiences to what I had gone through, who wanted to make big changes, but they needed the help and they needed that guidance. And that was it. I mean, I started taking that course in March. I started attracting and working with these women in April. Wow. Good for you. Mm -hmm. And now? Writing a book. Writing a book. <laughs> uh, I woke up and I, I have the date in my head, July 9th of 2020. And I actually looked at my boyfriend and I said, I'm going to write a book. And I did. Wow. Now, one of the things that when we sat down uh, at the beginning of the conversation, you're like, this is crazy. This is crazy. And you said it a few times. It, it's because it is. And never in my wildest dreams did I think that I would be writing a book. But where I'm at now and what this book should do, it just makes sense. I learned so many amazing things as I was going through my divorce and, and my career transition and everything else about trusting my inner voice, about meditation, about fueling my body properly so that I can just show up with the energy and the determination that I need. Mm -hmm. There were all these things that I couldn't properly share with women during my coaching sessions that I really felt they, they needed to hear and it was going to help them change their lives. It had to happen. It just, it had to happen. I, it, I had to get it out there. And so I did. Well, 
in, in the process of doing. Absolutely. So when you talk about these things that you discovered, I mean, I know you face your challenges and, and, and I mean, to look at you now, it seems like an accomplishment, right? That you've gone through so many things you've both that you've been through, but that you've, you've kind of put yourself through or, mm-hmm. you know, been vulnerable enough to try. But there had, I mean, those, those things like meditation, were they the tools that, that got you through them? Uh, through those difficult times? They did. Yeah. Meditation was, um, it is a game changer. Yeah. That may actually be the title of <laughs> one <laughs> of my chapters. Oh, Meditation okay, gotcha. will absolutely change your life. Yeah. Um, as I was going through um, counseling, I, w- I was in couples therapy. Uh-huh. Um, my former husband and I were deciding whether we should stay together sure. or not. Um, th- our therapist kind of looked at me and she could see how stressed I was and how unhappy I was. And she said, you know, why don't you, um, why don't you maybe take some sort of medication? And I looked at her and I said, you know what? Mm. I think I want to try meditation first. Sure. And it came out of nowhere. Really? I had just read about it, but I thought, I, I can control this. I, I know that there's a way for me to have better control over what I'm feeling and where I'm at and, and everything else. And so I started meditating. I actually started meditating even before I got divorced. Mm. And it helped me through that entire process. Oh, that's amazing. Did you ever find that, because um, if I'm not mistaken, you're, you were raised Catholic, right? I was. And, and like me, I, 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 I guess my experience was that even the word meditation oftentimes had like a negative connotation, right? Did you ever find any resistance to some of these, I guess, discoveries that you had made in terms of healing and, you know, self, self-care or self-development? I didn't because I never shared them with anyone until mm. now. Oh, wow. No way. My parents know uh-huh. that I meditate and that I trust my inner voice and everything else. And, you know, my mom was into self-help before it was cool. Sure. <laughs> but... I never shared it with people. Mm-hmm. I just didn't because I wasn't ready to be out there in yeah. that way. Well, it's also, I mean, part of your personality too, right? It was. A little more reserved. It was, yeah. absolutely. So and now in terms of who you're hoping to help and <clears throat> the book that you've written and, you know, being on this podcast, who that's listening are people that you want to connect with, right? Whether it be as readers for your book or as clients um, or as community. Sure, sure. Um, I, I want to connect with those people who might be feeling a little uh, hopeless, who feel like there's a better life for them by making some sort of specific change. Maybe it's someone who's in a marriage that is no longer serving them. Maybe it's someone who's in a career where you know their soul is being sucked out of them on a regular basis. It's truly those people who have that inkling that there's something better, but Maybe something in their past keeps them from making that step forward. Yeah. Those are the people that I want to help. I, I, it, men, women, my book is written for women. The practices, though, are practices that I have used with my leadership uh, consulting with the men that I work with. They don't know it, but they're getting the same exact uh, <laughs> kind of lessons along the way. So it's, you know, truly those people who are open to I know that this can be better. All I need is the support, and I need a roadmap. I need someone to tell me how to get there and a way to hold myself accountable to get there. Those are kind of the three pieces of my book. But just those people who are ready to take that step but are are a little hesitant to make that first move. Okay. Well, if you're listening, that sounds like you. Please, you know, reach out to Jennifer directly, and you can do so by uh, filling out the form below, and she'll get that. And and hopefully, you know, it, it, it really connects with um those individuals because I, I it's it's something that's very much needed and and being hopeless is no place to be 
right? It's not. No. It's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate, but who better to, to guide them out of that than you? Thank you. <laughs> so again, I, I really want to thank you for, for coming in and sharing your story. I know it wasn't easy in the beginning. Thank you for having me. And it wasn't. I was a little intimidated yeah. at first, but it is fantastic to be able to speak so openly about this and, and connect with other people who need some help or who may feel the same exact way. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to, to hear about the book and, and, you know, the connections you make and how many lives that you're impacting doing it. So thank you again. Thank you, Tony.